0: Seinfeld, the Virgin is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post show recap. And now here are the two guys
1: who are off to go visit Berlin right after this. I'm Rob Jr. Here's a Winokar. Akiva, how are you? Uh, I w- I'm just going to stay home and watch it on CNN. <laughs> that's that's my uh, that's pretty much uh, my philosophy for anything.
0: Yes. All right. Not
1: CNN, but just stay home and watch.
0: Stay home and watch. Why? I thought you gave your TV to Kramer.
1: Uh, I would never give my TV. I'm the guy who like gets more TVs. I'm the guy with the TV addiction. You are stockpiling TVs. It is funny. Like all the, all the shows he, he, he like mentions are kind of still on the air.
0: Yeah. But well, he's watching the bold and the beautiful and jeopardy.
1: At jeopardy. And he mentions Oprah and, and, you know, and they talk about David Letterman. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's an evergreen episode. Of well, not the, not the fact that they mentioned the Berlin wall just fell, it's not so evergreen. <laughs>
0: All right, so we are talking about The Virgin. This is the first appearance of uh, Jane Leaves as Marla the Virgin. Uh, Here she is. Uh, She appears for the first time, and uh, we are getting the ball rolling on this Virgin storyline, which is going to uh, continue here for a little bit on Seinfeld Season 4. And Akiva, very excited to be back here with you after our marathon recap of the opera last week.
1: Yeah, more than 10 people listened, which was good. (laughs) Was it 11? 11. No, it was more. We got a lot of uh, a lot of hashtags. Good, good.
0: A lot of hashtags, and hopefully more to come here today as we recap the Virgin here on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Of course, uh, we would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and uh, keep the episodes coming. This is episode number fifty, Akiva.
1: It's very exciting. How many? What's, what's the 50, it's like the five-timers club on SNL? Golden,
0: uh, it's like the, the golden well, Who's in your
1: 50 podcast club, Rob? Um, hmm, people that I've done 50 podcasts with? 50 po- and Hypothetically, I should add that we haven't done 50 together because I think we did three double episodes plus we did one nonsense episode. So this is technically our 48th. Yeah. But.
0: I would say the people in that club would be, uh, in addition to yourself or yourself soon, Stephen Fishback, Josh Wiggler, uh, probably Jessica Lease at that point and, uh, probably Brian Lynch and, uh, maybe, you know, the tabulator is, uh, starting to sneak in there. Mike Bloom's getting up into that rarefied air.
1: All right. So it's a very exclusive club.
0: Very exclusive club. Uh, Tyson's probably, uh, sneaking up there soon too. Oh, oh yeah. With all
1: the, uh, the Spice and Hour podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's getting up there as well. But all right. So number 50, episode number 50 here of Seinfeld. And of course, you could subscribe at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. We always appreciate it when you leave us your feedback and your comments on iTunes. All right. So episode number 50 in season four originally aired November 11th, 1992. And it was written by our friend uh, Peter Melman.
1: Yeah, friend of the podcast, Peter Melman. And also, uh, you know, they have like the different credits. So like the story credit for the episode was by the Farley brothers.
0: Oh, wow. There you go. All right, so before we jump into The Virgin, do we have any Seinfeld news to recap this week?
1: Uh, we do, but it's uh, it's not as exciting as last week's, not as good of news as last week's news that uh, Seinfeld's coming to Hulu in June. Okay. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Peterman's mom, mama, real name uh, Ellen Albertini Dow, has, uh, has left us, has gone to the alternate side.
0: Well, you know, it's... Unfortunately, as we march through uh, going through all these Seinfeld episodes, you know, we have more and more sad news to report.
1: Yeah, but she was 101, so she had a really great run.
0: All right. Will anybody be writing a biography of her? Uh,
1: I don't know, but if they do, I think it should be uh, titled with her last words, which are uh, Bosco. (laughs) Bosco. All right. So uh, anything else from this week? Uh, No, that's about it. I did see, I wanted to see how many people made like the tasteless joke of like, you know, re- replying to some like Associated Press story about it, like were her last words, Bosco. Do you want to guess how many people made that joke? <laughs> Two. Now it's three.
0: Three people.
1: How did you search for that? I I just searched um, uh, Albertini and uh, and uh, Bosco. <laughs> and I'm right. very good at Twitter search. I'm not good at most things, Rob. No, but, you really uh, I, are. You really yeah, are. And that's, that's really true, one one If segment. anybody needs my help, there, you know, needs my assistance, uh, for free, I will. Uh, I will provide my assistance. Yeah,
0: if people want to know how many blank did blank on Twitter, then we'll find out from Akiva on the next week's podcast.
1: It's too bad, I think, that like all of human history hasn't been recorded on Twitter, Mm -hmm. because then I would be like, uh, I would be like Professor.
0: You would be Professor Winokur.
1: You know, I would I would be able to. You know, I don't know. I would be an expert in something.
0: Mm -hmm. I'd probably just call you
1: Professor W. Uh, you mean the Winikers? Too hard to say.
0: (laughs) I think it has a cool ring to it. You'd be like an X Men.
1: Yeah, I, I, you never want like when I was a teacher, I had them call me uh, Mr. W because uh, you know once if they say Winneker and then they see how you spell it like on a test or something, and then like they start making like the Wiener jokes, it's not good. Yeah, so you want to so you emphasize the Winniker, but I, I had them call me Mr. W. Or like actually, one of the schools I taught him was like a lot more modern, so they just called me Akiva.
0: Oh wow, look at you! Yeah. You're like the cool teacher.
1: Well, no, no, no. I, I think everyone went by their first the name. cool was,
0: English was, teacher. We're going to have class no, outside so cool. tomorrow.
1: Yeah. That wasn't so cool.
0: Hey, Akiva, can we, uh, could we uh, have our class outside? Yeah, that I would be fine with. Okay. I think you don't like outside.
1: I don't like going outside, but I, I mean, once I'm at work, I'm outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair if, enough. If I'm in a room with a bed, I'm inside. But okay. if once I'm at school, that's outside.
0: All right, so let's jump into talking about The Virgin. The episode starts off with Jerry doing stand-up and talking about how everybody should get three get-out-of-relationship-free cards. Akiva, a good idea or a bad idea?
1: That's a lot of cards. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one would be sufficient. Like, how many get-out-of-relationship-free cards do you need? I don't know, because you might need a lot of cards. But, I mean, if you're Jerry and you date somebody every episode, you know, then he needs 50. But for the Georges of the world, like, you're lucky, you know, he needs one here to get rid of Susan, but you know, how many is George going to need in his lifetime? Not too many.
0: Yes. Does this count in a marriage? Could you use the get out of a relationship free card in a marriage or does the marriage nullify the card?
1: I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want. Like you could use the card, but you know, she's still getting half of everything.
0: Okay. That's fine. But it's a clean. Okay. I'm just going to leave.
1: Well, what does clean mean? Like What what is that? You know what? What are you aiming for with this? Get out of relationship free. The just
0: you get out. Well, it says get out of jail free or get a relationship free. So I would think that you wouldn't have to
1: give up half if you had the card, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's going to hold up in a court. So it's dating only. I think it's dating only, and even dating, I think once like it's before they move in. Once they move in, I think they probably get some of your stuff anyway, unless you have like a good prenup or something.
0: Okay. Good. Well, that will lead us into some of the stuff we're going to talk about here in the Virgin. So. At the comedy club, Jerry and George are talking about the script and how far they've gotten. And
1: it turns out not that far, Kiva. Uh, No, they really I do like that. They've shown you the progress. I'm sure it's a little bit of an inside joke for the writers, but they really have done nothing.
0: Yeah. And we get that George has this jacket, which has a lift ticket on the front of it. And he claims that women like the lift ticket, even though George hasn't been skiing in six years. Is this true? Do we have any evidence to support women like this lift ticket?
1: Well, right. He says women like skiers. I think they like professional skiers. Like if you go up and say, hi, my name is Bodie Miller, mm-hmm. then I'm sure a woman would be very impressed. If I, I, I went skiing in you know, 1987, I'm not sure that's really going to wow them.
0: But it's, hey, I'm the kind of guy that goes skiing. I'm not just the kind of guy who's going to stay in my apartment all winter. I'm, you know, either I have the means and I'm athletic enough to go skiing. Is there anything to that?
1: I don't. I mean, maybe in 1992, but I, I don't think so. Like, I, skiing is not really, and it's such a common. What did you never ski? Is like skiing exotic to you? I went skiing one time in my life. Yeah, so I think what what more than anything, any other sport or any activity. What about I you? Feel like, yeah, I've gone skiing many, many times. Many, many
0: times. Look at you, yeah. Akiva.
1: Every every vacation when I was in like uh, school, my mom would take us skiing. Wow. I, I the difference is I think there's people who are skiers. And they're non-skiers. And there's very little middle. You know, I think it's zero or maybe one time. And then, and then the next number is like 20. And nobody's gone skiing between one and 20 times. You know, yeah. so to so them, it's like exotic. But I don't think so. I think it just, it's pretty basic. I, I do also like, everyone leaves the tickets on. Like, I'm sure I have a jacket somewhere that still has like my, I retired from skiing out of laziness. Right. But I'm sure I have a winter jacket somewhere that still has like tags from 2001 on it.
0: Yeah, the one time I went skiing, I went on, we had like a senior ski trip in high school. And I went skiing and went, you know, in the snow for one day with skis. And it was fine. I, You know, I was never like, oh my God, I've been bitten by this skiing bug. I cannot wait to go back. Because in all these years after, I've never found my way back to the ski slope.
1: Well, the thing is, going skiing once is... It's like playing tennis once. Like, you're not going to be, you know, good at it that first time. It really, it takes a long time to sort of build up competence. And the difference between not doing, being able to do anything and just going on, like, the bunny slope all day and, like, actually going down mountains is the difference between not skiing and skiing. Mm, okay. So, I, I think you, you have to give it, like, you have to go away for, like, a week and uh, maybe, maybe you have to take a family skiing trip this uh, winter up.
0: All right. We'll see. Let's see about that. Okay. So, anyway… So uh, Jerry mentions that he sees two women over to the side, and one of them is a woman that he had uh, dated before, or at least gotten the number of, because he wanted her to. Uh, he said like he wanted her to get involved with fixing his closet, but turns out she had a boyfriend, so he never went through with it.
1: I mean, he didn't care about the closet. He wanted to date her and the pretense was her fixing the closet, right?
0: Yes. But how far did this get? Because it was like, did she come over to work on the closet? And then she said she had a boyfriend. He was like, oh, forget it. And then he's like, oh, you don't have a boyfriend now. Why'd you come back over?
1: I'm going to guess like she gave him the card and then he said he almost dated her. So he probably called her up and was like, hey, let's come fix the closet and then we'll go out for coffee after. And she's like, oh, I can't go out for coffee because I have this boyfriend.
0: Yeah. I feel like this, this part of the story is a little thin. We, we should, let's not spend too much time on it, but it doesn't okay. exactly. That's never,
1: that's never stopped us before from analyzing things that it's done. Yes.
0: <laughs> so um, she ends up coming over and there's the whole thing of like, uh, hey, George, this is Marla. Marla, George, George, Marla, George, Stacy, Stacy, Marla. They, they do the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you've seen it. It's one of those things like it happened here. So you're used to it. But like it's been done a million times since. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, she was. How was your trip to Berlin? And Jerry has no idea what she's talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we've had this a lot of times, Rob, but the, for a group of pathological liars, their excuses are always terrible.
0: <laughs> yes, so he told her that he was going to Berlin, and yeah, that was it. That was why he couldn't have the rest of the closet done, and he just never called her back again. So I guess it's not that thin, um, but what ended up happening was that uh, she thought he was going there because he wanted to be part of the celebration.
1: For The Berlin Wall coming down, but he, she really didn't press him on the fact that he saw it on the news and was, and was satisfied with the coverage on the news. So he didn't actually go to Berlin, but never called her back. Yeah.
0: But the irony of all ironies is that she told this story to her actual boyfriend, who then told her that he was going to Berlin and he never came back. Do you think the boyfriend actually went to Berlin? Or do you think that he would make, use, just hopped on Jerry's
1: BS excuse? Yeah, I think, uh, I think she's a handful, Marla.
0: <laughs> so Jerry should have gotten the hint that the actual boyfriend was like, you know, what, I'm out of here. This isn't going anywhere. Of course, we find out later on what is the major issue in this relationship uh, for Marla. And maybe uh, that's why the boyfriend ends up leaving. So George uh, ends up going off with Stacy, going to go talk with uh, Marla's friend. And we end up seeing him having a conversation with her about his job as a writer. He finally has a good answer to the question. What do you do for a living?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right. So it's a catch 22 for George, right? Because, uh, you know, he doesn't have a job. And, uh, you know, when he, when he doesn't have a job, he's able to date. But now he has a job and he's no longer able to date. Uh, she seems fine, this Stacy, with the fact that he's a sitcom writer. I didn't know it was such an embarrassing job until later in the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's probably like a meta joke, uh, which ends up happening later on in the episode when a bunch of women laugh at him when he says he's a sitcom writer.
1: It almost, I mean, I, I guess we'll get to it then, but it's just weird. I know it's meta, obviously, but it, it's, you know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's a job people, like, dream about, you know?
0: hmm Anyway, so after this, we cut to the diner, and Jerry and George are out, and George is talking about how, you know, he's going to probably take out this woman, Stacy, and Jerry's asking, what about Susan? And George does seem very oblivious to many things in this relationship. Like, he doesn't seem, for a guy who's, like, a pathological liar, knows all the angles and everything, like, he doesn't realize, like, oh, I probably can't go out with this woman because I have Susan, Um, also he doesn't realize the ramifications in the episode until Jerry has to like lay them out. Like, but George, if you go out with somebody else or you break up with Susan and the deal at NBC is going to be off, He's like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. George is like a classic guy who just wants what he doesn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, he never has a girlfriend. He's never in a relationship. He never has a job. Now he has a job and he doesn't do anything about it basically. Yeah. You know, he has a girlfriend and he barely remembers that. You know, he's just, he's all about the journey. doesn't get like, once he's at the destination... He's, you know, he's not so interested anymore.
0: All right. So Jerry has a little bit of a quiz, like a thing in Cosmo that he can like. Uh, Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Uh, so here's the quiz. Uh, the first question is, uh, what's the phone call frequency? You have a daily phone call. Uh, so George has a semi-daily phone call. Is this a tell, Akiva?
1: Yeah, four to five times a week. And this is George, who's a liar. I mean, they clearly call each other every day.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think if I have four to five phone calls a week with my wife.
1: Well, you live in the same house. That's not a great example. Also, back then, the phone was such a big deal. Like, Also, you get home from work like you were bored. It's six o'clock, you know, unless you're a Jeopardy fan. There's no TV on until eight o'clock. So, so you, you eat like dinner. That's
0: the time? That's the girlfriend call time, six o'clock? Yeah,
1: so that's like, what are you going to do? Like, th- there was nothing to do back then. There was no internet. I mm-hmm. have no idea what people did. I guess they went skiing a lot, what people did before the internet. But clearly, it was much easier to call. Where's time now? So I call somebody when you're, you know, the internet you, you'll never run out of things to do on the internet. That's what I've learned.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, the phone is, you know, is tough. That's tough. You got to I mean that's like a podcast. You got to plan out all these things you're going to talk about.
1: It's work. It's a you should get paid to be on the phone.
0: <laughs> it's very tough. It's very tough. Um, you know, and uh a lot of phone calls uh with with my wife, that is uh that that can be challenging.
1: Because four to five times a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I feel like oh, off it, if I am talking to my wife on the phone, you know, she feel like she doesn't have anything to say. But uh, so now I'm, uh, it's up to me to like keep like th- throwing out new conversation topics. She just wants she just likes being on the phone. But there's really no conversation happening.
1: That's that's like when you call your parents, right? Like they right. don't have a wealth of, of information to give you. Right. They, you know, you're you're responsible for keeping the conversation going. But you also can't like if once you have nothing to say after three and a half minutes, you right. can't just hang up the phone because that would be rude. Yes. But there's nothing left to talk about. So you're just like grasping for stress. Right. Hey, did I tell you? And then you tell them the thing that you told them last
0: week. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what else? Uh, what else? Um, <laughs> you know, it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. You don't have, you need a producer. And where's, I, I need Scott St. Pierre on the call with me. Like, uh, well, that's what's great about in podcasting where you could say, all right, like, all right, let's go to Twitter. Let's take some questions from the audience now. <laughs> Because when you're out of question, but I can't do that if I'm on the phone, or the phone with somebody
1: else. But let's say, Rob, let's say you decided, because you're really into this Periscope, right? Love Periscope. You hate Meerkat, but you love Periscope.
0: <laughs> I'm indifferent to Meerkat.
1: You're indifferent to me. I don't know. A lot of people are really, it's, it's like uh, the Bloods in the Crips. The people mm-hmm. are very, you know, love you can only go one team. Periscope,
0: indifferent to Meerkat.
1: Maybe you should try Meerkat and you'd like it. I've tried it. That's why I'm how old? I know oh, I'm know, indifferent. You are indifferent. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, what if you start like Periscoping your whole life? Okay. I think this is where your life is going. And then your fans or your friends or whomever who are on the Periscope can aid you with asking questions, talking to your parents. They can, you could can even, you know, you, you know, you could submit questions from them. I think this is really where things are going.
0: It's not bad. Someone's
1: going to be doing this. So why not let it be you?
0: <laughs> well, the whole thing is uh, like, I don't know how I would shower. That's really one of the, one oh, of the no, things. Oh, no, you're
1: allowed to shut it off. This isn't oh. like, oh, okay. You're, this isn't like one of those, uh, you know, webcams voyeuristic like type thing. No, yeah. no, that's it's not like 1995. Nobody wants
0: it. to see that, right?
1: No, yeah. I, no listen, you could. Sh- it, you're not obligated. It's not like attached to you. But you know, you want to make a phone call. Like, hey, I'm. Para-. Wouldn't that be funny if you tweeted out like, I'm calling my mom, who wants to listen? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that would be good.
1: Or like, I'm calling my wife. She's mad at me. Help me out, guys, and like you call up a uh, hey right. Nicole, I'm on Periscope. No, the
0: thing is that, that they would try make my wife furious.
1: No, but you, she I would mean not. She would not care for that. Like, it would, the problem would always be the first time she would hate it, but I they'd get everyone would get used to it after two weeks.
0: Yeah, because then they would get like comments like uh, like you know I would imagine the people that are watching me on Periscope would would take my side in in things. I mean, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe they would watch, watch well, it they watch because they don't the, isn't like isn't that me.
1: important? Like oh, they'll be neutral. They won't mm. be biased, and they'll decide who's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see. I feel like. My, I mean, I feel
1: like there'll be a lot of snitching. Like people will be snitching. Oh like yeah. You, no.
0: No. My wife would hate this. She would not. She would not like this.
1: I th- I still think you'd do it though.
0: <laughs> I would love to do it. I would love to do it as a person. I, I feel like I have nothing to lose. But I'm just telling you, my wife this would, 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 would drive her insane.
1: Well, start it with other things. Start it with like uh, you know, call your parents, call, make. I don't know. I don't. I'm not trying to think of like what's a good opportunity. There's definitely some things out there. I feel like you could be like the master of this medium.
0: Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm into it. The thing is when I'm not podcasting, I try to not talk. Like I, I just yeah. don't have the, the vocal cord capacity to do more talking with all the podcasts. That's not, that a, that's
1: not a bad point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. But maybe in the off season, maybe when things slow down a little bit. All right. So number one, uh, four to five phone calls a week. All right. Uh, number two, Saturday night is a date implied. How's this for a, a test? Akiva?
1: I think it's good. I, I think if you could remember back in the day, you know, when we were not married, not engaged, like it was a big deal to go out every Saturday night, right? Like um, you almost felt compelled like you had to do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and if you're like, hey, I'm staying in this week.
1: And people would no. make fun of
0: you. <laughs> make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, hey, let's just get, let's just get beer and we'll stay in. And then people would, uh, you know, it's cheaper or it's so cold out. It's cold out.
1: Well, you know, what you know what, like, or you know what, like a slow Saturday night would be? You'd like go to Blockbuster, spend two hours arguing about what movie to get.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a, it's a pretty good tell. All right. So uh, what's in your medicine chest? Does she have anything in the medicine chest? George thinks she has some moisturizer maybe. Okay.
1: So she didn't bring a toothbrush.
0: Didn't bring a toothbrush. Do you think George is lying here?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you don't believe anything George has said. If she brought moisturizer and she brought tampons, which we're about to find out, she brought a toothbrush.
0: All right. And Jerry has the ultimate test question. Is there any tampons in the house? And George admits that there is tampons in the house. And Jerry says, "Look, uh, you got yourself a girlfriend. I'm looking at a guy with a semi-daily tampons in the house and a standing date on Saturday night. That's girlfriend."
1: Yeah, I do like Jerry's, uh, you know, reasoning here. It, it is pretty sharp. It's very funny. Uh, and George is clearly lying. Like if she's bringing all like moisturizer, tampons, these sort of things into the house. Like, she's there a lot. It's not just four or five phone calls a week.
0: Yeah. And so George is like, oh, are you kidding me? This is terrible. And George's like, I got to get out of this situation. And Jerry, like, very calmly is like, well, you can get out of the situation. But you do know that if you get rid of the girlfriend, you also get rid of the job. And then the reason that you have the job is that you can meet these girls. And you're not going to be able to meet the girls if you don't have the job. And George is like, this is like news to him.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's a catch-22 or like a catch-44 at this
0: point. (laughs) Like, I mean, this should be semi-obvious. Like, we've talked about this all season long from when George was in the car with Susan and stuff like that where, you know, Jerry doesn't seem to mind too much about how George is dating Susan and could potentially screw up the deal or anything like that. And now this is like the first time it occurs to George like, oh, if if this doesn't work out, then my deal is going to get screwed up.
1: Yeah, George really has put very little thought. We've put more thought into George's life and he's pretend than George has put in.
0: Yes, and George says, well, what if I could find a way to break up with her that's not going to affect the deal? And, you uh, know, Jerry poo-poos it and George gets mad. He says, oh, you're, very,
1: you're very negative, you're very, very quick to shoot things down. I, I think his idea is great though. Yeah, so George's idea, do you want to set this up? Yeah, okay. So he knows, the information we, he knows is that Susan loves David Letterman. Mm-hmm who, uh, because this is still 1992, I guess still, he's probably just about to be finished working at NBC, right? Right. But he's still there. Yes. In the Conan O'Brien slot. Yes. And so she has a big crush about him, talks about him all the time. So let's say George goes up to Mr. Letterman, right? They both work at NBC, so they're essentially colleagues, right? He explains he needs to break up with this girl. But, and you know, she, there's, he's, she's going to, you know, he's going to lose his job if he breaks up with her. So can Letterman date her? And if he likes her, they're going to go out. They're going to fall in love. And now she's broken up with George and she's dating David Letterman. No harm, no foul on either side.
0: You know, to be fair, knowing what we know about David Letterman
1: now, like this might not be such a crazy idea. Do you think they had heard rumors? Again, they both worked at NBC.
0: Mm. But the thing is that David Letterman actually shoots this down when George approaches him later on.
1: Yeah, I do think that, um, I, I, well, obviously Letterman shoots it down because it's a lunatic, like, in theory, it's a good idea for George. It, this doesn't benefit Letterman in any way. Like, it's a lunatic coming up to him. But, no, right, knowing that, that uh, you know, Letterman's proclivities for the ladies, and he probably he wasn't married at this point, so mm-hmm. it wasn't such a crazy idea. I think uh, it's not so crazy, but you need you can't just go up to Letterman. You need to have a situation where Susan meets Letterman without any reason and hopefully falls in love with her. But, you know, you can't you can't be the one bringing this idea to a guy who could pick up any lady in the city at any point in the day.
0: Right. Because with that, you know, you need to can't have George like pimping Susan out to David Letterman.
1: No, Letterman is not is not like desperate for late. I mean, he may be very interested in the ladies, but there's no shortage if he's if he's interested.
0: Okay, All right. So George is like, oh, you know that. Hey, I'm just thinking. And Jerry's like, I don't think you are. (laughs) Which I I always love those type of jokes between them.
1: Yeah, the back and forth between Jerry and George just gets better and better as the uh, seasons are going on.
0: All right, so cut to Jerry in the closet uh, with Marla. She wants to know if Jerry is very fussy about his pants. Uh,
1: Are you fussy about your pants? I mean, no,
0: not really. Um, Is anybody? As far as everything on hooks, I can't even imagine in my head how that would go.
1: Yeah, every time I watch this episode, I always try and imagine it and it hurts my head.
0: Yeah, is it just sort of like a like a cork board and there's just like every single shirt is on a, uh, is on just a hook? And how do you get things? or is every shirt on top of each other? Like, it seems like a very inefficient way to do your closet.
1: Yeah, like if you have an enormous, like you ever been in one of those, like not just walk-in, but like a closet that's a room. Yeah. Like you see on cribs. Yeah. And, you know, so then, okay, you could do hooks. But how do pants go on hooks, first of all?
0: Well, I guess if you're not fussy about your pants, you don't care.
1: Yeah, but... I mean, that's pretty bad. Like, then you're just going out all the time with like... Let me ask you this. Does
0: a hanger go on the hook? Are the pants on a hanger and the hangers on
1: the hook? Oh, okay. So that makes sense. So it's a hanger on a hook. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that works for sure. But it just seems like a lot of work in that closet because things will be blocking other things. The only way the hooks work is if everything has its own space. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you need a much larger closet than what Jerry has. Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, they're continuing to talk about the hooks, but then here comes Kramer, and we find out that Kramer's watching the bold and the beautiful because he gave his TV to George.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, credit to Kramer for realizing he has an addiction, and yeah. uh, you know, dealing with it. But I, I'm not sure this is this is like someone saying they don't watch TV, but then they watch like Hulu all day long.
0: <laughs> That's right. And Jerry tries to tell Kramer, Kramer, can't you do something else right now? What about the weather? What is the, why don't you go outside and enjoy the weather? Yeah, Kramer hates the weather. The weather doesn't interest him. He not as much as Bold and the Beautiful. Hey, you know, I wouldn't, you, you,
1: would you think Kramer's a soap
0: opera guy? I don't know, but you, we didn't know what he was doing over in his place all that time.
1: I mean, he's a soap, by the way, the, the, uh, right after this episode uh, aired, it, when it aired on November 11th, 92, uh, Kramer was on the episode of Mad About You right after this. Oh, wow. So it went himself. right into this? Uh, yeah, it, it didn't. I mean, it wasn't connected to the episode. I think I watched a few minutes of it on YouTube, but it wasn't so funny, even though I, I like Mad About You. Okay. Um, he was, I think he, uh, Paul Reiser, whatever his name was on the show, uh, owned Kramer's apartment, 5B. So he had to go back there and get a shoebox or something.
0: He owned it or he had it before Kramer?
1: I think it was in his name. The lease was in his name, actually. Yeah. And so Kramer probably had some kind of rent control deal, which maybe explains how Kramer can afford not to work if his apartment was like $200 a month. Okay,
0: got it. So Kramer ultimately ends up leaving and Jerry is getting the dirt from Marla on what happened with the boyfriend, how he never came back from Berlin. There was a problem and Elaine is buzzing up. There's some business with getting the call button and Elaine keeps trying. It didn't didn't work. And anyway, the boyfriend wanted her to move in with her, but there's something about Marla.
1: Yeah, and I think this is pretty clearly when the boyfriend skipped town, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, this has to be connected. All right. So uh,
1: what is Marla's issue? So and she's like super embarrassed about it. But just remember, Rob, for next week that, you know, she's so open about talking about herself, even though she's a little shy. Like this isn't still something, you know, she's telling him they haven't really been on a date yet, right?
0: No. No. No, this is still, she's like doing, like, this isn't even a date. This
1: is her working on the closet. Right, right. She's actually on the clock here. I think, so remember this next week when she gets so horrified about what uh, Jerry, Elaine Kramer, and George are doing. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. So from here, this is where now Elaine uh, gets in after she drops the bomb about the Virgin. Elaine is returning a tape. So Jerry rented a video and then Elaine borrowed it from him.
1: Yeah. Uh, whose pick do you think it was?
0: I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: uh, what what was the movie? Havana, maybe? Havana,
0: yeah. Um, I don't even know that one. I'm not going to even ask you if you've seen that. Um, Is that a
1: real? That might not even be. That might be, you know, a fake Seinfeld movie. I
0: think it's probably a real movie. I, I, I mean, I,
1: there's probably a movie named Havana. So I guess they're covered on both ends.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, so from there... Uh, we have Elaine talking about how she was at this crazy party. And so um at the party, sure, like she puts her bag down and her diaphragm goes flying out. And of course, so uh, we see Marla is getting, you know, uh, a little unnerved about this. And Jerry is horrified. And Elaine's like about big deal. Everybody carries around their diaphragm. You never know when you're going to need it. Now, Akiva, this is probably one of these instances where we need like either you know the hip young guy or hip young lady to be able to come in and talk to us about this. But is the diaphragm still out there as a popular method of contraception?
1: As a popular one, I'm gonna have to say no. I mean, I don't know what hip young guy would know about this. Well, I think but, you would uh,
0: see it. I think at some point,
1: right? Oh, I get, oh, I hear what you're saying. I, I, you mean if I, like, uh, I got it. Um, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, should we I have mean, a round table the, discussion about this? If you
0: were the kind of guy who was, you know, uh, visiting a lot of women and I think you would probably, the discussion would come up of like, Hey, uh, or should we try to be safe here? Uh, I think said woman would say, Hey, well, uh, I'm good. I have the diaphragm. I think the diaphragm, to me, seems like one of the uh, least advantageous uh, methods of birth control. Well, I mean, because that's ultimately really what it is. Uh, it's just a birth control.
1: So is this, um, this is a 1992 thing? I, yeah, if someone wants to anonymously let us know uh, if this is, you know, if this is still in, in uh, vogue, yeah,
0: you know, I your anonymity
1: stay safe with us. I feel like, like yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I, it does seem dated.
0: On the checklist of reasons why you would practice safe sex, you know, I feel like diaphragm is uh, stopping one of the symptoms that could come out of having uh, unprotected sex. Like there's one checkbox. I think diaphragm is able to sort of, okay, you won't have this problem. But I feel like there's a laundry list of other problems that are still in play with the use of the diaphragm. A laundry list. (laughs) A laundry list of other potential problems you could run into. Do you
1: you think it was too early? Like 1992 was too early to say condom?
0: Well, I I think has
1: Sponges, but I don't think is condom mentioned... Yes, we've already
0: had a condom. Remember where where George had the defective condoms from Bob Sacamano? Yeah, 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 you're right. So it's
1: definitely not a censor issue. Okay, so yeah,
0: forget me for what I said.
1: By the way, Havana, Robert Redford, Alan Arkin, (laughs) 1990. Okay, there you go.
0: Um, it's just like I feel like uh, I would love to hear from some of our listeners who are uh, you know cool cool (laughs) cool. like you know I don't know anything about anything I just feel like I'd be very surprised that the diaphragm is still out there and a lot of people are a lot of people who are on the single scene are out there using that
1: so did she switch from the diaphragm to the sponge between now and that episode
0: hmm I feel like the sponge presents a lot of the same (laughs) Same issues. I feel like they're both, uh, you know, they're both, If you know, if you don't want a baby, I think that those, I think the diaphragm and the sponge are both, you know, A-OK. But there's a lot, I feel like there's still a lot of other issues that Elaine does not seem worried about.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if she's using up those sponges like, you know, hotcakes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but apparently, according to Elaine, everybody you know carries around their diaphragm.
1: Yeah, and she says the word diaphragm ten times. And also, <laughs> was this party crazy in general, or was it crazy because some nutty lady threw her diaphragm at her?
0: Like <laughs> well, everybody was throwing theirs around. It's like Is that. What happened? It was
1: just a big diaphragm party, <laughs> I guess so. All
0: right. So uh, anyway, Marla ends up leaving, and Jerry ends up saying to her, like uh, Elaine, she was a virgin. Uh, she's like, oh, I had no idea. And Jerry says, well, it's not like spotting a bad toupee, <laughs> uh, which I like that joke. Um, and Elaine wants to know if she was being anti-virgin. Do you think Elaine was being anti-virgin, Akiva?
1: No, she had no idea. She didn't even know she was, you know, talking to a virgin. How could she have been anti-virgin?
0: No idea. OK, so she ends up running after her and George comes up.
1: I mean, Jerry should have really tried a lot harder at stopping Elaine from running after Marla.
0: Yeah, I think I'd be like, "Ah, let it go. Let it go. That's fine. You've done enough damage here. Yeah, nothing good
1: can come out of this.
0: Nothing good can come out of this, but it ends up leading to a funny scene later on in the coffee shop. So Jerry and George are talking. And anyway, um, George is talking about breaking in Marla and says that he doesn't think that he could do it (laughs) because she's going to remember her first and he wants to be forgotten.
1: It's a real spirit of honesty from George there.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, As far as uh, George goes, Jerry says that uh, he doesn't have any Lewis and Clark spirit
1: but George says sometimes those guys don't make it back
0: <laughs> guess so alright so uh, George wants to get Chinese food and Kramer uh, they call up Kramer and it's a funny thing that like they ca- talk to him and Jerry's asking about the Chinese food and Kramer is like running in in between the audience really love this
1: yeah this is also another example of an episode where Kramer doesn't have a real storyline so we just need a few wacky Kramer bits to you know to give him his due
0: yeah I mean Elaine doesn't really have a story either
1: no, but she has more, scene, like, she has a scene with just her and Marla.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but she's sort of just there. Like, she doesn't, like, if you wanted to say what is Elaine's story, it's like that she sort of walks in and says something. It's almost like Elaine has a Kramer type story where she walks in and says something that's, like, inappropriate that some other character didn't want her to say. Like, it's a Kramer esque story for Elaine.
1: Yeah. And again, the heartbeat of the season is the Jerry George story to begin with. So, this season more than any other, Elaine and Kramer. Or just picking up the scraps.
0: Okay. So um, they're talking about what they're going to order. Uh, George wants chow fun. Have you ever had chow fun?
1: Yeah, I order chow fun a lot. I like it. It's like a thicker noodle. It's
0: like a broad noodle. That's what he says.
1: You ever, do you ever order chow, chow yeah. fun? It's very underrated. Yeah, it's very underrated. It's We're like the my fun. Do you ever order the my fun? i never had my fun. Is it fun? My fun is really thin. Yeah. Uh, mm. But it's a lot. It's like uh, you order the my fun and you know, you have enough. Not Not me because I'm a pig, but. Most people have enough for lunch the next day. Yeah.
0: I think I'm out on my fun. But
1: well, you've never tried it. Yeah, but I don't
0: want a thinner
1: noodle. I like a thicker noodle. That's you know what I, is, I like It's so fun. thin that you have like a thousand of them clumped together and it's good. It's good. Okay. Why, how about next time you get Chinese, you try the my fun? No. You're not going to try it. Well, here's the Look, problem. If, I, if me and
0: you were having Chinese food and you yeah. had the my fun and then you said, try some of my fun, I said or my my fun. I would say, okay, sure. I'd love to try your, my fun. Your, my, my, my fun. Or my fun. And yeah. I would be happy to do that. But I don't want to waste and will you order the pick. chow
1: fun and we'll split it? Like, you'll get the my fun. I'll get the, you'll f- get the my fun. You'll get the chow fun. That's
0: fine. But you're asking me to go all in on something. And what if I don't like it? And then I'm but, sitting so there. So if you
1: like it, you'll eat half of my, of my, my fun? Sure. Sure. We could do and that. I could have half your chow fun, but we're not ordering any pea pods. <laughs> no pea pods. That's a waste. <laughs> okay all right. The problem with the Chinese food in general is you like you have one or two orders you like and nobody and there's a thousand things on the menu, but you never have the guts to like waste, you know, cuz let's say you order something and you don't like it then that's it. You're done. Yeah.
0: You know, I have this problem with uh beers in restaurants. Like I feel like I'd like to try a new beer, but then it's like if I don't like it then I'm just sitting there with a beer that I don't like.
1: Yeah, I I hear you, but I do think beers are more similar at least to me. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Then you know, then the difference between like General Chow and uh, or so, and you know, like a flat noodle versus whatever. I hear. You. I don't know. Beer is beer to me. I'm I'm not like uh, so particular.
0: I, I you know, I'm not like a beer snob, but I feel like if you go to some place and like you know, if you don't order like a fancy beer, then people like look at you like, uh, oh, you you idiot! Like uh, I can't believe you ordered a Miller light. You know, people are very snobbish
1: to you. So it's who are you like, hanging out with that's judging your drink? Like, stuff. even like the waiter or the waitress. Well, the waiter word, the waiter is judging your, like, tell him if he doesn't like your Miller light, take it off the menu. I feel like
0: people are like, uh, coming, like, oh, uh, what do you have? A Coors light? I have Bud light. Like, oh, uh, what are you, an idiot? And I'm like, well, I, I just don't know what any of the other ones are like, and I don't want to try something, and then I'm going to sit there and then I have to drink something that I don't, I, I don't like.
1: All right, so I'm excited for our Chinese food date. <laughs> are we getting a beer? Uh, yeah, I, first, I mean, I didn't know like you could get a beer in a Chinese food place. (laughs) Well, it depends where you go. I think. Right, I think like most the most Chinese places even serve beer. I don't know. I think that
0: like these ones that like in a strip mall aren't going to have a liquor license. But I think if you right and yeah, but
1: I was thinking more of a takeout place in my head. I had like a takeout place. Yeah, they're not going to just give you beer.
0: Yeah, they're not going (laughs) to. We have to go somewhere else for the beer.
1: Where are we going? I don't know. You want to? You were picking out a place already? Oh well, I don't know. Do you have some place in mind? You pick. No, nah, I have no idea. I guess you just get beer from the convenience store. <laughs>
0: sure. Is the convenience? I feel like the convenience store is just going to have the beers that I'm talking about.
1: Well, but nobody's judging you. There's no waiter at your house. Yeah. Well, we're we going to your house. No, the waitress and or the waiter always says, "Oh, this you gotta
0: have this one. Uh, this is good. You're good. You're gonna love this." And then they bring you that, and they, and, and then I don't really like it. And but I have to say I like it because the person was like, "Oh, you are gonna love this." And then they'll like get be disappointed if I don't like it.
1: Wow, you really have like you have to live up to a lot of people's expec- expectations. Yes,
0: yes. I just don't want people to be, uh, you know, be mad
1: at me. And how is that working? Are people mad at you all the time, constantly? <laughs> so why don't you just stop caring what other people think? Yeah, you make it sound
0: like it's so easy, Akiva. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Elaine and Marla are at the diner and Elaine is talking about how sex is
1: overrated yeah Elaine is really selling Jerry down the river for about a hundred different reasons mm-hmm. here.
0: yeah this is not cool this is against the bro code if Elaine wants to be one of the guys she is violating the bro code in a lot of different ways here it says about sex that the guy wants to leave in five seconds he changes into a different person
1: yeah and, and nobody's saying she's lying but I we, well first of all we learn about Elaine she will always side with any woman over her three best friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah, no loyalty from Elaine, from Laney.
1: No, I mean, I feel like we expect from guys, like you expect like, oh, what? Like some friend you've seen once every 10 years, like we well, would rather hang out with your wife than me. So, you know, and that would be normal to, you know, like the bro code is like, you know, e- e- guys are always first. So why are we, you know, we should, you know, expect women to, you know, if we're keeping putting men first, like they should, she should be allowed to do this, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I guess so. That, you know, she needs to make new friends. That's really what it comes down to.
1: I think uh, like if there was a spinoff, like it would really be a Elaine. I mean, what's the problem? Suel and Mishki, you know, they really hate each other deep down. There's really, she really doesn't have a lot of female friends. Like they come and they go. There's really nobody who stays. They
0: come and they go. Like she had that woman that she was friends with that George was dating and stuff like that. But you know, too much time, I think with Jerry and George and Kramer probably is the biggest problem because any friend she has, then she has to, then they either Jerry or George or Kramer has to date them. And then it's awkward when they break them off. So that's really the big problem, I think. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. So uh, also says that the smart guys start coming up with their excuse for why they need to leave from dinner. Is that fair? Is that true?
1: I mean, I have no idea, but I, I'm neither smart nor like a cool guy. I don't know. But uh, it's a good move. It's a good
0: move because the guy just wants to get out of there. He doesn't want to stay for the night. Na- it's awkward to stay probably for the next day. Not that I would know a lot about this.
1: I mean, but I, I, I like are these things happening at the woman's house so much more often than they're happening at the guy's house? Like Aren't the tables turned very frequently?
0: Yeah, you would think so. A lot of times, I would think that the guy would have the home bed advantage. But maybe these are like married guys that Elaine is with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's, you know, that's, yeah. These Don think, Drapers out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, don't spoil anything. I'm only on, I'm still on season two for the All last right. six years. I think I spoiled the first episode. Well, I, I, I stopped it during, you know, <laughs> season two, episode one. So I'm good.
0: All right. So Jerry and George are talking about the Chinese food. They're wondering, what happened to Ping? And I guess uh, Ping is the local delivery guy. We first saw him. Uh, what was the episode? I remember what was going on that they were calling China to get the baldness cream. Was that the, Was that the? it was where they were listening to the tape, right?
1: Uh, yes, that was the tape.
0: Yes. And so Ping was the guy who was able to get on the phone with China. And so everybody's waiting on Ping. So George is pitching an idea while they're waiting for the Chinese food about how George is in a car accident and that the guy has no insurance and he has no money. So he gets sentenced to be George's butler.
1: It is a really good idea. I do like the, the, the also the idea that like for Jerry and Larry and the Farley brothers and Peter Melman, the guys who are writing this episode, like that's their idea of like a really stupid broad sitcom. But would you have watched that show in 1992?
0: I think it would have been a funny episode of a show. Like, do you think that that was pitched in any of the meetings that they've ever taken about Seinfeld? Whether it was the writers for the show or somebody who pitched Larry on an idea. Like, somebody had to have pitched that idea.
1: Yeah, it's too perfect. I, I do think someone... It, it, it's not original here.
0: Yeah, no inside look for this episode, which I thought was a little surprising.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many classics in season four. They don't do every single one. But yeah, there yeah. was just one deleted scene where Jerry... uh Gives Kramer his TV because he's so sick of Kramer.
0: Yeah, I think this episode is just like absorbed into the gravity of the black hole, which is the contest, and so nobody can remember anything else from this episode because it comes it leads into the contest.
1: Right, and uh, right, uh, right, especially with Marla in the same. But I, I also think, in general, this episode, uh, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's funny. But there's a few episodes we've seen already, like this one, that just blend in to season four, and they further the plot line. And if you were binging them, uh, you wouldn't notice whether it was great or mediocre or bad, but there's nothing, you know, truly epic about this episode. It's just, uh, you know, it's part of like, it's serving the, you know, the long, the long tail for the longer, you know, season four story. Yeah.
0: None of the stories in this episode really have a beginning, a middle and an end. Like George's story of, you know, Susan, like he meets, he meets, uh, women that he wants to date and then he ends up getting Susan fired. And that's sort of like the middle of a story, like but there's no real closure on how that story is going to go. Like the Jerry and the Virgin story is like the beginning of a story. Everybody else is just sort of like hanging around, so it's not a you know self-contained episode in any stretch of the imagination.
1: Right, right. For the Susan thing, we could have never seen Susan again, and it would have been explained. Yeah, I mean, even you know we see her again in this season. Let you know, and obviously she comes back after the season, season seven. But you know, things like. like We've had relationships break up over a lot less than this. Like, we could have easily never seen Susan again. We didn't have to see Ping again. Of course, we see him in a few episodes in The Visa. Yeah. So it's really just, there's nothing, you're right, there's nothing being tied up here.
0: All right. So uh, they end up talking about this idea of the butler. Jerry says it's the stupidest idea he ever heard. (laughs) All right. So uh, Elaine comes in and uh, Ping was in an accident. And his Ping says his head really hurts. And it's a really funny thing. George is like, what? Did something happen
1: to the food? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he only brought the pea pods. I, I would be that guy also. Like mm-hmm. if he came in one, with one bag of food, I'd be praying, oh man, this better be mine. Yeah. And he's like getting in the face of, uh, again, a, another theme for the, for the big four is just like complete indifference towards people's medical emergencies. <laughs> the guy's in a coma, you know, we need something from his house. Yes. And um, so what happened here? What? How did Ping get hurt? It's a little confusing. I think Elaine is walking and he claims she's jaywalking. Okay. And so, and he's biking, Ping, right? Yes. And so when she gets out of the way or tries to get out of the way, Ping ends up swerving into a parked car.
0: Do you think he has a case here? What does Chester think?
1: Oh, yeah. We got to, he didn't, I don't think he gave us his legal advice, (laughs) but that's a good question. Yeah. We we got to
0: find out if Ping has a leg to stand on here uh, in this case that he's going to try to sue Elaine on. All right. So, Jerry and George end up going to the meeting at NBC and they're waiting to go in and they realize that they have nothing. Jerry does a very funny rant about how, why did he start working with George? He's not even in show business and he dragged Jerry into the sewer
1: with him. Yeah, this was like very funny and very honest. Like, I mean, I'm sure people can can identify with like, you know, I'm doing something. I brought my idiot friend with me and now he's screwing it up for everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He says, do you know how fast word is going to get around? And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, how this ultimately is going to end up going. Uh, yeah. I mean, it
1: doesn't, does this, does this ruin Jerry's reputation?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Akiva, this is like, uh, this is like me and you where I'm in the podcasting business and, and then, uh, you, you weren't a podcaster and now, uh, that here, here we are. We're partners in the Seinfeld podcast.
1: All right, so now I have to like what? Like, am I just supposed to not ruin it for you, or? <laughs> and then this would be this would be like, uh, uh, well, Georgia isn't really doing anything to
0: ruin it. Um, you know, this would be like if we were just doing shows and we had no idea what to talk about. I mean, you could make that case. <laughs> no, that uh, that you were bringing uh, way more to the table, even though Georgia had a good idea about the Butler story, um, but. Uh, <laughs> They try to walk out of the meeting, Akiva, and well, uh, is the Butler story George's uh, serial episode? Mm, um, I think so, maybe. No, but George th- thinks it's like the be- the best thing ever. Jerry's like, uh, I don't know. Uh was that how that was for us?
1: I mean, it's possible. I mean, I've got some more terrible ideas, I'm sure, are waiting to come. So maybe those will be. It. I I don't know. I I do also like with the. With the, uh, what's it called? Like, I I like the idea that, like, Jerry represents, like, the the alternative, you know, smart comic. Mm -hmm. And George is the broad idiot. But, like, the network executives are are being made to be idiots, right? So, like, they're going to like whatever George likes.
0: So, you feel like that the show is taking a shot at NBC? It's like, this is the kind of thing that, like, this stupid idea that Jerry knows is dumb is the kind of thing that executives like?
1: Oh no, question. I mean, the exact we're not we're not meant to like respect these executives. Yes. Russell Dalrymple's is not like a guy who's you know who's portrayed as being smart,
0: right? And they also pitch the idea for the Chinese restaurant, which the executives hate, um, but obviously Jerry and Larry think is brilliant,
1: right? And I mean, obviously it's been done at this point already, but clearly this is a conversation that famously has already happened.
0: Yeah. All right. So well, while they're waiting, they come up with these excuses, and George's like, "Oh, what? what my sister died." And, and he's very funny talking about these fake things. And uh, he, he's like going into histrionics about, uh, oh, my sister died. They shot her. They shot her for laughing. She was laughing and they shot her. What kind of city is this where they shoot you for laughing? <laughs>
1: the, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to make a mental note, Rob. We have to add this to the list. You know, George mentioned a brother and like, I don't two. think this is canon. I don't think I know. This is-, this is I listen. Nothing. We, we've already established nothing. George says is canon. But listen, if we're making a detailed list, we have to at least bring up with Jerry when he eventually comes on the show. Like, did they, you know, did, did they really like, it, you know, were they worried about continuity with the brothers and the sisters and them existing and not existing? You know, what's the deal with Uncle Leo's wife? Like, we really need, a full family tree. Like if you could sketch us out a family tree and email it to us before the podcast, I think that would be very helpful.
0: You know, Jerry, we're, there were a lot of different, uh, family relationships and the show really played with, you know, Jerry's family and George's family. But there were a couple of times where George mentions a brother and uncle Leo had a wife in one episode. Did you guys ever break out a family tree of all of the different (laughs) characters Uh, And if so, could you just go
1: through it with us, branch by branch, and tell us who had which relatives? (laughs) Start with Elaine's mom, who we never see. What's her name? (laughs) We know, it we actually, the most we get from about Elaine's background, you know, after post-Alton Bennis, is in this episode, right? We found out she comes from a broken home. Comes from a
0: broken home. (laughs) That's right. Um, So, George ends up uh, running for it because uh, he says he sees David Letterman.
1: Yeah. And uh, just to, you know, I'm sure, you know, as someone who's been in television studios or things like that, you can kiss someone who you're dating in a meeting and not get fired. If you chase down somebody like Letterman in the hallway, that's going to get you fired. (laughs) Yeah, but we saw how George was
0: at The Tonight Show with George went and uh, Corbin Corbin person. Yeah. So George, if he sees a a famous person, then uh, he just can't control himself.
1: Yeah, but I, I think that's, that's what's going to get you in trouble. Like Some of this talent, like you're not supposed to look at them in the eyes.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so George, uh, <laughs> well, Letterman's going to tell him off. We'll find that out later. So Jerry goes into the meeting without George, and uh, we meet Rita. Uh, Russell had to go to LA, and uh, Rita is filling in. Now, do you feel like was this, like, did the actor who played Russell, was he not available, or does the story work better that it was a woman who was the boss because she gets mad at Susan for getting kissed?
1: No, I, I think Ru- because Russell fires her anyway hmm. over the phone, I, yes. I, he must not have been available. I think there's no way, there's no way that it makes sense otherwise. Okay. All right.
0: So here's Rita. Russell had to go to an emergency on the set of Blossom. So
1: what do you think? Like Joey Lawrence was having a meltdown? Like, whoa, this is an emergency. I think, uh, I think six and uh, Mayim Bialik. I, they, they probably had a, an argument about like anti-vaxxing. Oh, No. And Mayim Bialik flew up. Uh, Where's Mayim Bialik? She's pro-vaxxing? I think she doesn't vaccinate. She does not. I think she's a crazy. Hold on. Let's not get sued. Let me double check. She will sue you. You're
0: going to get Blossom on this podcast to talk about. Uh, Mayim Bialik is uh, here on the line. Uh, Mayim Bialik, uh, star of Blossom, which was mentioned several times in season four of Seinfeld. Uh, Mayim, uh, when... In the episode of Seinfeld, The Virgin, they mentioned an emergency on the set of Blossom. Was that based on anything that actually happened at this time period?
1: All right, so it's, it's here. the 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 headline here is: Is My Bialic an anti-vaxxer? And then the the like the sub headline is: It's complicated.
0: It's okay. Well, let's let's not get into it. Let's not get into it because that's opening a can of worms, Akiva. that's, yeah. that's opening a bottle of Snapple.
1: That's uh, you know it's a uh, yeah. I was going to make a medical joke, but I don't know like <laughs> what's in the what's in the needles.
0: <laughs> let's let's not let's not.
1: It's opening up a whole a whole classroom of measles.
0: Yes. All right. <laughs> so nobody's laughing when J- Jerry starts pitching the idea for the Chinese restaurant, uh, and he says, uh, "So when is Russell coming back?"
1: I do like when Jerry's like dying in the room, you know, because he knows what it's like as a comedian. Yeah. So like you really do feel it, like the you know him dying in this meeting.
0: Yeah. And so, what ends up happening is that Jerry goes into telling the story about the butler story that George came up with, and everybody is dying. And Jerry's talking about it, like, and I'm wearing a neck brace, and people are cracking up. Not sure how funny a neck brace is. Into well, the guy, one of the
1: executives, again, these executives are meant to be idiots. One of them is like, oh, well, every time I see someone in a neck brace, that's never not funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, everybody is really cracking up. George comes in. And he's like, oh, did you tell him about the butler? And everybody is like, yes, we love it. And then uh, George is like, you know, piling on. And he t- says to the woman executive, like, Russell? <laughs> and then he kisses Susan on the mouth.
1: Yeah, I do. Is there anything better than really confident George?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like he's strutting into this room. They just told his joke in it and it killed. And now he's, you know, he's like on cloud 12. And he's walking into the room like he owns the room. I love when George is like that.
0: Yeah. It's very, very funny. All right. So then after we go back to Jerry's apartment and uh, apparently we find out that Letterman told Georgia, next time, break the Frozacs in half.
1: Which (laughs) sounds like a very Letterman thing to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. And Kramer is watching Jeopardy. He's really into Jeopardy. Yeah. Who knew Kramer was such a big Jeopardy fan? (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know that. And Susan is on the phone. Susan is calling Georgia Jerry's apartment. I guess if this is what you had to do. Um, back in 1992, people didn't have a cell phone that she's got to have Jerry's phone number. Be like, is George there?
1: Yeah, it's Susan. <laughs> Don't put him on the phone. Yeah, could you imagine having to have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend's like friend's phone number for no. just in case? Oh my God. And where would you even I, put I barely that? like, someone asked me my phone number the other day and I was like trying to remember the prefix to it.
0: Yeah. And you just have to keep like a piece of paper near the phone with like all the phone numbers on it.
1: Uh, yeah, people used to call me. I was very good with numbers when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, three kids ago. <laughs> and I, I, uh, people would actually call me like in my class, like the people ever didn't have like the class list. Did you guys have a class list? of everyone? Uh, I'm sure
0: there was a class list at some point.
1: So like if someone didn't have it, like, and I don't even know if I had, I just kind of knew everyone's number. People would just call me up like, Hey, Akiva, what's, uh, you know, like what's so-and-so's number? And I'd give it to them. Uh, and then obviously when cell phones came out by the end of high school, that was obsolete. Also, people would ask me before there was Google, like I would get phone calls even for people I didn't know. Cause like, it was known that I knew a lot about sports. Like people would call me up and be like, uh, like we're trying to f- remember like a guy in the Seattle supersonics in 1993. You just like, w- you know, read their roster for me. And I'd get calls like that. all like not infrequently. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I really was born in the wrong era. Like I should have been born way before Google. Yes. Yes. You would have been a v- much more valuable person. Yeah. I would say now I'm not valuable.
0: Yeah. You could like work for OnStar or Siri
1: or or like ESPN. Yeah, yeah, you were Siri before Siri. Well, even cuz even when even when I worked in sports like even if you know something, you still have to check it up, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like if they see you just like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." And you write in your own stat, they're going to be like, "What the hell are you doing?"
0: Yeah, got to check that. Got to check that. Okay. So, uh, Susan's on the phone. George says it's Georgie boy. And uh, you hear Susan's voice. She says, that I'm fired because you kissed me, you stupid idiot. She calls him stupid a lot. <laughs> yes. So you're a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> and George hangs up the phone and you think he's going to be upset. He's like, this is great. I'm out, baby. <laughs> right. <What? laughs> and Russell found out and he fired her over the phone.
1: Now, by the way, the phone firing is like a phone breakup. That's like you really did something wrong. Yes. It's like, we can't even wait till I get back from Los Angeles to fire you.
0: And George is so happy he's out. He can finally tell women that he's a writer and then he can get more women, get more dates. Uh, yeah,
1: so his he's he's broken the catch 44. Yes,
0: but Jerry says, you can't just break up with her. You have to wait for her to find another job. At least go on a couple of interviews. And, uh, and Does he really though? I mean, but what? why? Why does he have to? Because he doesn't want her to say that she, he's a bad guy. If he doesn't care that she says he's a bad guy. But, you know, this is like back to the situation that I'm in. You know, he, he doesn't want Susan to walk away and say George is a bad guy.
1: Yeah, but I think, I, he, like, is, it's not like the comedy scene that Jerry's talking about earlier where he's going to have a bad reputation. Like, it's not like George is going to be known as a guy who, like, breaks up with people after he gets them fired.
0: Yeah, but I think it would look bad where it would it would look like, oh, he was only dating her because she was at NBC And then after she was gone, he dumped her. So it's almost like if it was like, oh, well, he really fell for her and he did something stupid, then I feel like they could still work with him. But then if it turns out the other thing where it's like, oh, he was just using her, like I feel like they'd still take the show away.
1: But don't women like the bad boys? Like, isn't it having a bad reputation good sometimes?
0: Mm, Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But yeah, I wouldn't. uh, Other than being the bad boy of podcasting, I wouldn't know about this in real life. Oh, okay. Okay, and uh, George does the Godfather 3 line of uh, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. All right, Jerry and the Virgin are in the closet and they're kissing and she asks Jerry if he's going to leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, she really is like an idiot, this Marla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like,
0: well, this is my house.
1: What it like, before Elaine told her what Elaine told her, did Marla know nothing? Was she like an empty vessel?
0: You know nothing, Marla. Marla the Virgin. Uh, you know what I
1: mean? Like, is it, like, is it, is Marla really like... She's just so malleable. Like, Elaine tells her something like, oh, the second this is over, like, he's going to leave his own house? She's yeah. a buffoon, this Marla.
0: Well, it's weird with Marla the virgin because if if her thing was like, yeah, I'm a virgin because I believe that people shouldn't have sex until they're married. Like, okay, whatever. I I understand that thinking. Um, or I'm a virgin because no guy ever liked me. I never had a boyfriend or anybody that wanted to have sex with me. Henceforth, that's why I am a virgin. Um,
1: Marla is like... By the way, we should, we should... It's too bad you're the one who crops things out. Because <laughs> it, would be, it would be... Scott, if you like cropped a lot of that stuff out. <laughs> it's like, henceforth, that's why I'm a virgin. Yeah, play that every time you say something nerdy.
0: Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, for Marla, though, she doesn't seem to have any religious hang-up of why she can't have sex. It's certainly not because she's, you know, unattractive. It's only, is she scared of the sex? Like, what is the, what is the hang up for Marla? Because it's just like, she's, I mean, how old is she supposed to be? She's like, it gotta be
1: like, what, 30? Yeah, I, I wrote, I have a note here. Like, how old is Marla? She's gotta be early 30s, like them, right? Close to 35, maybe like 33.
0: Yeah, I mean, she seems to be considering the sex with Jerry. Like, she's at least thinking about it.
1: Right, so it's not a religious hang up. Uh, is she's not waiting till marriage she didn't just didn't have some promise ring or something like a Jonas right. brother Right. I think she I, so what are we led to believe just that she's so in her own head about everything that and she's just nervous about or she's uptight is that just what it is I mean she's certainly like dateable enough that you know that she would have no problem landing a guy yeah so I don't know it's it's a little weird
0: okay but she's definitely flirting with the idea but ultimately she is says, this a British thing I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I so. from what I've seen on TV, I don't think that that's a problem.
1: What have you seen? What, Downton Abbey? There's a lot of that kind of stuff going Big on. Big Brother UK? Oh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. But Marla, she wants to leave because Elaine says uh, that, you know, the guy will want to leave. And Jerry says, don't put too much stock in that because uh, Elaine comes from a broken home. So, Marla ultimately leaves. And then in the next scene, we see Jerry and Elaine at the comedy club. And uh Lane says she was just giving her the straight dope. Uh, and Jerry wants to know, or was it just a dope giving it to her straight? Uh, the <laughs> it's not straight really dope is that funny, but I, it made me laugh.
1: Yeah. The straight dope is uh, is like prime hammer time phrase.
0: I think so. All right. Uh Lane got served with papers from Ping's lawyer.
1: Yeah, who we meet. That's his that's his cousin. We meet her in a few She's episodes. She's a shark. She's a shark, right? What are they? They call the Terminator. <laughs>
0: also prime hammer time reference that's right <laughs> all right so, never seen any terminator
1: movie obviously
0: and uh we get so also the setup of you know since since susan has met george
1: uh, what has gone wrong in susan's life okay so her family cabin burned down that's right cherish the cabin uh she learned her father was a homosexual okay. now this now this would not be put in again in 2015 Because this is implying that there's something wrong with it. Obviously, it's a major thing that's happened in her life, but it would be played differently nowadays. You agree? Right.
0: Uh, Well, I think so. I I think that, you know, that her parent, she she found out that her parents' marriage is loveless and sort of like. Yeah, okay. That's fair. uh, More broad.
1: Yeah. Also, she's been vomited on by Kramer. That's right. And uh, lastly, uh, she got fired from her really fancy job at NBC. My paying job. Yeah.
0: Things will get worse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's literally in the last few episodes.
0: Unfortunately, this is the tip of the iceberg uh, for
1: Susan. Yes. Uh, She should have gotten the memo and moved, you know, to the moon. Okay. Get away from these people.
0: So uh, finally, we have uh, George with a woman at the bar and he tells this woman, like, wait for it, this whole big setup of he is a sitcom writer and the women laugh in his face. How could you write that crap?
1: Yeah, and this is like uh, you know this doesn't really work for me. Like again, it's like uh, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, who are these women that they're really? Um, they're, yeah, what are
1: they, what are they like?
0: They're like authors, <laughs> like yeah, you know, they're poets. No Pulitzer Prize winning uh, podcasters or something.
1: I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. No one's listen. You're Rob. Don't be down on yourself. You're going to win that first Pulitzer for a podcast. <laughs> All
0: right. So then finally. Oh, uh, where you see uh Jerry do stand up about how sacrificing a virgin and yada yada yada. Of it, you know, it's that's a bad date.
1: Sacrifice. I have a note who is Chuck Woolery? He mentions he Chuck. He is the Woolery.
0: host of Love Connection.
1: Oh, see if it's a game show that you were you're really the guy to talk to about it.
0: Yeah. Why well, you didn't watch Love Connection ever?
1: Is that is that like uh is that like where the No, I that I, I know the one where like <laughs> where the couples uh, you know, yeah, like that's
0: the newlywed game.
1: The newlywed game. No, yeah. I don't know. Love connection.
0: No, love connection was really. It was like pretty lame. Like I used to watch it. At least I think in the daytime. And were you a
1: big Family Feud guy? Yeah, yeah. I could, I feel like it's. You should have been on the Family Feud at some point in your life.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to have done that. That would. That's on my uh, big regret
1: uh, list. But is it
0: really? Well, I mean, it's not amazing. Did they ever movie.
1: do like a Survivor Family Feud?
0: I was on Family Feud in college. My college TV station had a Family oh. Feud. And it was really uh contentious, like I was with uh, a couple of my friends, and we were up against this other band, and we were shutting them out. It was um, a blowout in the and in the end, heading to the final round uh triple points yeah, triple point value uh and the And the question was, one hundred people surveyed top three answers on the board here's the question: name something you buy in pairs and you know, my team, I don't remember exactly uh, who was who was where, but uh, we said shoes. Number one answer. OK, we're going to play. All mm-hmm. right. Very yeah. quickly, we get to socks. Number t- number two answer. OK,
1: how many answers are on the board?
0: Uh, It is, uh, I believe it was three. I believe this is this is right.
1: Uh, oh, wow. Okay. And w- what are you guys playing for?
0: I don't even remember. Like it gets it like a pizza place or something. So it wasn't even worth playing. for. Wasn't even worth playing for. Um okay. and then we end up with like uh you know three three strikes. Well, what do you think the the third answer was? Shoes, socks. Name something you buy in pairs. Yeah, you know
1: what? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what. Pants. What? That's Nobody- <laughs> It's was it, that one answer. Yes, that was the number three answer. Yeah, I'm saying pants. was there like one was shoes like 60 socks were 39 mm-hmm. and pants were one.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I guess like, you have to, if you're not fussy about your pants, uh, sure, you can make that your
1: answer. Uh, I guess someone who would wear the pants on, leave their pants on hooks might buy them in pairs. I was so annoyed. I really, really irked. So me. You got
0: everything right the whole then, game. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah, one yeah. answer.
1: One answer. They, and they won. On. It sounds like uh, the game is flawed. Family feud. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, why not a pair of scissors? Why not a pair of like uh, uh really so, I'm, And so were dumb. you guys like arguing, yelling yes, afterwards? We were like, that's not you. Don't buy a pair of pants. Did, you buy one. Did they really ask a hundred students at your college? I don't know how what they did. It was probably Fugazi. It was probably.
1: I mean, it was. Listen, this is. I don't want to insult you, but this wasn't. They weren't asking a hundred students at Princeton. <laughs>
0: no, SUNY Oswego. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, pairs of
1: pants. But did they at least win in the in the final Jeopardy? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we we walked out in protest.
0: Like, <laughs> in protest. Screw this! We're not sticking around for this. Held you, you like
1: turn your backs on them?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Akiva, oh, uh, yep. in 2015, would anything change in this episode? It's a good question, Kramer. We'd consider him a cord cutter. I think in 2015.
1: Yeah, he's just a cord cutter, uh, who you know is a is a big like uh, clown because he is watching more TV than you know, anybody. Bel-
0: now, could you please use the politically correct term? Oh, I'm for sorry. Clowns? sorry.
1: Oh, we have, we ha- didn't someone write in with the political. Yes, correct Amir correct?
0: says that, uh, some politically correct terms for clowns are melancholy challenged, uh, yep. jester American
1: or slap sticky abled. I like them, but I think jester American is the best.
0: <laughs> okay. a jester American, not to be confused with a Chester American.
1: No, that's right. Okay. um, so I, I think uh, what, what would be different about this episode? First of all, Dalrymple finds out on Facebook that Susan and George are married, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, by the way, Now I just, thought of, I just thought of something like a little newsy. Jerry went to the upfronts this week and they made a joke that I'm sure a hundred people have made to him about like, oh, you know, things would be much different. And he said, yeah, uh, you know, with technology. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, with technology, there's no show. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he did say that, okay. which is funny. Okay um yeah so uh, what what else would be different there's a show uh, it's a much it's a much different show well yeah
0: it's called
1: and And, uh rip and and i think uh the diaphragm thing obviously is a little dated i think so i think so also snapple was such a big deal in the early 90s right when was the last time you had a snapple
0: oh not recently
1: right nobody has but back then snapple was like everything every uh, you you talk about going to beer like I went to the Chinese store. I got a Snapple. I went to the Pete store. I got a Snapple. Yep. Everything was Snapple. Did
0: you ever say I wrote a letter to the Snapple lady? No. What you write? <laughs> wrote a letter to the Snapple lady. I forget what I asked her. I was like, like, oh. you ask like, her for free Snapple? No. I, basically, I I wrote something funny. Like, I have a crush on you or something like that. Like, something Did st- you?
1: No. <laughs> have you seen the Snapple what lady? Was your, what was your, whoa, listen. What was your favorite Snapple?
0: Um, I don't know. I think just the iced tea or lemonade. I, I wasn't... Any, I, I, love, I, I love... Kiwi Strawberry, le- the I feel like, was pretty good,
1: too. Kiwi Strawberry is good. The cold lemonade Snapple is really top-notch.
0: Yeah. But I got a response back from the Snapple lady. And uh, they sent me, like, a sweatshirt and, like, a watch and, like, a sign picture.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's a real back. haul. Oh, that's right. When they... I, I mean, they do... They used to, like... Be like Geico, right? They'd have commercials all day. Yeah, and, and then now, she would
0: read like letters. She was like, uh, "I got a letter from this person from well, is that Staten Island." Wanted to be on TV. Sure, every keep it. Everything I've ever done was I just wanted to be on TV.
1: You know, sometimes I think like I can't believe Rob was on reality television because he's so normal. <laughs> but then you say something like that, and it, it makes a little <laughs> bit more sense.
0: <laughs> My whole life was just like, oh, if I could just if I could just do this, then I would be on TV.
1: You know, I never wanted to be on TV. Yeah,
0: and I, I was, never like had that. <laughs> like like everything has has ever, just been like a like okay it's a, a scam that I could be on TV
1: that was it I mean it's a good thing like you ended up being on a real show because you <laughs> would have ended up being on like the I would have been, been on
0: anything I would have been on anything
1: you would have been on like the real house husbands of uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills that anything been anybody who would have had me
0: <laughs> uh, do you
1: still feel that way or are you over television uh, no
0: I'm not that I'm look I, I feel like I, I got where I needed to get I feel like
1: you're, so you're retired from TV. I'm
0: not retired. I'm just like, uh, I wouldn't be like, you know, if anybody asked me to do anything, I would say, <laughs> I would think about it. Whereas there was a point where I would be like, if anybody, like if it was, you know, a- anytime between like 1995 and like, you know, 2005, if anybody, you know, asked me to do anything, uh, I would, you know, short, you know, keeping my clothes on for the most part, uh, I think I would have probably said yes.
1: See, I don't have the same like chip in my body. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a behind-the-scenes guy. I'm not a... Yeah. I don't well, think I've I, ever been on... I don't think I've ever been on TV.
0: I, Akiva, I would have been open to being a behind-the-scenes guy. Like, I was Bro, just... Right. <laughs> up, up for
1: anything that would have been offered to me. Okay. Oh, so it wasn't even just TV. You were just up for
0: everything. Uh, well, no. Uh, anything related to doing something in entertainment. That that would have been... That what would about been radio? A, radio, great. Well, you know, anything that wasn't just going to be like a sort of like, you know, what I was doing. That was That right. would have been fine.
1: All that right, would, that would have been enough for that. Well, it all worked out. I mean, you didn't know about podcasting then, but Didn't know about. But you only known. How I only know? Okay. Akibo, where do you rank this episode? Okay. So The Virgin, again, as a standalone episode, it's certainly not bad. There's nothing really uh offensive about it. Yeah. I have it basically with a lot of the uh uh other season 4 episodes that were uh, you know, not sensational. Yeah. I have it uh I have it um just above The Letter from Season 3 and 114. The Virgin, 114.
0: 114, I think you're low on this. I mean, it was fun. It was fun. It just like, it wasn't, there was nothing offensive about it. Like, I just feel like out of being, it was just like a replacement level Seinfeld episode. It was a...
1: What's the, isn't that 114? Mm, no,
0: because I feel like that would be like 90.
1: Yeah, but replacement level means like they could find anybody off the street I think that's yeah. like a baseball misnomer right mm-hmm. like Ruben Tejada uh, is replacement level
0: yes okay so it's a little bit a little so, but it should be a little bit better than replacement level like there was nothing be better than there was nothing in this episode that we said was bad
1: no not, not, it wasn't like last week where things didn't really tie in and yeah, uh,
0: this was just like a fine you know for, for the most part like show about nothing for as, as much as you're going to do show about nothing in season four where we have this fantastic thing going on with NBC Like to me, this was sort of like Jerry meets a woman. She's a virgin. Uh, you know, George kisses, uh, Susan in a meeting, you know, there was nothing out of this world happening in this episode. Like it was nice and and fun Seinfeld.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's somebody's favorite episode, right? Somebody's favorite episode. You know, it's like
0: nothing is like, there's no like real landmark here to say, oh, that's the episode where blah, blah, blah happens. It's just, you know,
1: a fun 22 minutes. Yeah, but uh at uh jetpack Jones says the Virgins is uh possibly my favorite Seinfeld uh episode ever. LOL. It's possibly everybody's probably favorite he said the virgins probably no. the best Seinfeld episode ever. LOL. LOL. All right. Thanks, Jetpack Jones.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jetpack Jones, our hero. So let's get into some of the emails from this week's episode. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. All right. So uh here we go, and uh let's Take uh, okay. Let's finish up with Amir, who started off and talked about the PC terms for clowns. Says uh, Amir says I did go on a blind date with Kiva. However, I was
1: promised that he had a pinkish hue, and I was sorely disappointed. Kiva, do you not have a pinkish hue? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty light, but I I think he's what he's forgetting is uh, people would kill for my eyebrows.
0: Okay, well, who cares about eyebrows?
1: Isn't that the same the same lady?
0: Yeah, uh, is Susan dating George really a fireable offense? The media at nBC went great, so obviously Jerry and George got a deal because they were talented not because of the relationship at most
1: Shouldn't Susan have been transferred off their show and given a stern talking to from h r it's a really good it's a really good question, right? yeah, I don't think this is a fireable offense I mean if you have a really strong company policy, you know maybe she got fired because she didn't report it and not because she was dating him
0: yeah I mean, I feel like also um Russell really liked Susan. Like he talked about it a couple episodes ago. Like and in this one, she's got you know she's got a good feeling about this, so I trust her judgment more than anything else.
1: Yeah, it's a little strange. Do you think? Like what? What's your what's your policy? Like at at uh at at you know uh, Rob has a podcast and mm-hmm. post recaps. Like what's the dating policy?
0: Boy, like if I found out that somebody was like bringing on like a new podcast like person. Problem is most people that I work with are in some sort of like a married relationship. Um, yeah, I was
1: gonna like I was gonna make same like make a joke with names, but I feel like everyone's basically right. married.
0: Like, uh, so, so let's say like uh, Scott Saint Pierre, who uh, edits edits these shows and produces uh, a lot of our live shows. If he told me that there was somebody who was like oh I think this person would be really great for podcasting, and then I and then I got them and they were doing a great job, but then it turned out that Scott was secretly dating that person. I guess not so secretly. Um, I don't know. Well, what would I, happen? I
1: would, like it <laughs> would come on like. Uh, but again, it would, I would, wouldn't care.
0: again, I don't know how much of a conflict of interest it would be. You know, um, maybe like Scott might edit her shows better than any of the other shows. Like maybe that that might be the extent of it. But if she was doing a good job, I don't know why it would bother me. If Scott's right, so getting at any such, ideas it's right not now. It's not such a
1: firm policy. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have a I mean, you'd firm have policy. To, you'd send them to HR though.
0: Mm, yes, yes. Uh Akiva are, that would you like to be the head of HR in the Robus Podcast post oh, would recaps? It, it, the whole Network. company would become a circus,
1: Probably <laughs> 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 we have Jester Americans that running the it circus. Would, it would be it would be uh yeah. Listen, I, I will take up any uh HR issues you have, but I'm not, you know, I wouldn't buy stock in a company where I was in charge of HR. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, Ryan McCloud said, uh, Rob, Akiva, Akiva, Ryan, Ryan, Rob, Ryan, Rob, Ryan, Akiva. Uh, Here's the straight dope. The two of you, like myself, are presumably happily married. Uh, Before marriage, how did you move your relationships from dating to girlfriend? George doesn't seem to be into this type of explicit uh, delineation. He evidently needs to look for Tampax-related hints uh, for my wife and I Uh, It was an explicit conversation where we defined ourselves as boyfriend and girlfriend. What about you guys? Akiva, uh, do you agree more with Ryan or with Jerry's test?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jerry's test is very specific, especially, you know, back then where I feel like overnight dates when you were like, were like a little more taboo where now they're not. Uh, I, 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 by the way, a good, a good trick in terms of like, you know, going from like girlfriend to like, or like friend or dating to girlfriend, like you get the person to leave stuff at your house. So what Jerry's saying is true. I think I did that with my wife also. Like she was going, you know, going home and then just coming back for, to New York for college. It's like, oh, leave all your stuff at my place. And then I knew like I had to at least see her once because I had all her stuff in my childhood room.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's it. I feel like, uh, you know, there was like a, a little bit of a negotiation on, uh, you know, between Nicole and I on like, okay, so I guess we are dating. What is our anniversary? We have to really like figure that part out. Like, should it? So, be oh, this that was day? like the big argument. What? The, no, because it wasn't an, an argument. It was when just like you a met? discussion of like. Should it be this day? Should it be this? Is it this day when we did this? Was that when we became boyfriend and girlfriend? And it was sort of like, you know, ex post facto of like after the fact. It wasn't like it was happening. And then we were like, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. I think back in the old days, like there used to be a formal like, will you wear my jacket? <laughs> will, you, will you take my You had to be on a sports team, Rob. So yeah. we wouldn't have been asking girls yeah, that. But I feel like, uh, will you be my girl? Will, will you be my, my best girl? Go
1: steady. I think yeah, we go, go steady. steady?
0: Yeah, I feel like that that used to be a thing where you could point to, to that. Prom.
1: Who'd you go to prom with? Some girl. <laughs> she probably so, says the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, some girl. Uh, and who didn't, yeah, I don't think that she really, uh, that she did not have fun either. She
1: was not, No, but she pro- I bet in like uh, 12 years ago, she'd be like, hey, I went to prom with that guy who was on TV. I
0: mean, maybe, but she was, not, she was not having a fun time that night. She was really no. uh, rather miserable.
1: Do uh, so you think she liked season eight better than season six?
0: No, I don't, think she, I don't think she had any dislike for me. I think it was just uh-huh. like uh, that she had like dwindling options for, uh, the, for the prom. And I felt like, oh, this is good. Like I'm going to take advantage of the situation where there's this person that has like dwindling options to go right. to the prom. Uh, and she accepted to go with me because, you know, she wanted to go to the prom, but then like really mm. had wanted very little to do with me during the actual event.
1: After you like paid for all the stuff.
0: Yeah, I pay for a lot of stuff, and she really just like uh, would just went out of her way like to just like go off and do you know whatever, like have like very limited like interaction with me once we got there and got like obscenely drunk and was just like uh, like then like th- and then like throwing up like in like different bathrooms.
1: Wait, is this Nicole? Like you? No, you didn't no, it's not Nicole. Project. It
0: was not Nicole. No.
1: Did, did you ever when you were on television? Did you ever Who have like? They also you know
0: not want much to do with me, but no, it was not Nicole. <laughs>
1: When you were on TV, yes. did you ever, did you have like people from like high school and or elementary school or your neighborhood, like, were they hitting you up a lot after like no. people who like had nothing to do with you? No. All of a sudden they wanted a piece? No. No, nobody? Nobody. I don't even mean the ladies. I mean, just anybody. Not really. No. no. <laughs> I mean, no. Not really? Yeah. Nobody was like, uh, hey, let's hang out. And you're like, well, I was never friends with you.
0: No. Nobody, not even to hang out with somebody on TV. Nobody
1: really wanted to. So, so, really, your dream of being on TV, maybe it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Right. That's right.
0: I said, okay, well, then finally, then people are going to want to hang out with me. It's very interesting. Yeah. No, uh, See, this is why I don't want to be on TV. Sick person. Right. <laughs> sick person. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, let's take uh, one more question because this is running so long again uh, that we got to get out of this habit of we can't be doing hour, 45-minute Seinfeld recaps every week uh chester wants to say why are the snapples in jerry's fridge label i
1: didn't notice that i'm sure that's a product placement thing seinfeld's advertising everywhere else um why not you know why not just throwing down there
0: yeah <laughs> i don't know also uh chester wants to know is kramer watching jeopardy on mute
1: no i think there was noise in the back oh yeah you know what he's right you heard kramer in the background I, but you didn't hear Je- i guess they didn't buy like the rights to the noise i don't know
0: i guess so okay all right, well, one, one, one more question. This is from Daniel. It says, I just finished The Virgin with my friend Dean. Uh, we're following along with you, and you had this question. Have you two ever been responsible for getting someone fired? I recently ratted on a work colleague for stealing, which led to the end of his career. I guess it's not as bad as George, but I still felt kind of bad. Uh, love to hear any stories. Daniel, have you ever gotten anybody fired, at Kiva?
1: I kind of have. Whoa. I, you know, um, I find
0: this not surprising.
1: Whoa, 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 now I'm really mad. <laughs> now I just want to, now that's it. I think we should just end the show. What does I that mean? I feel like you've
0: had a lot of different careers. I'm sure at some point you must have gotten somebody fired. I mean,
1: I'm 31. I'm not like a grizzled veteran. <laughs> I just, I, I, I was you've a had teacher. you an interesting life. You're like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump just stay, stayed on his computer all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, I, I think, yeah, I, very long story short, um, I, someone wrote a news article I uh, questioned that news article on Twitter. Someone else picked it up and then um, realized there was kind of like a lie in the article. And that person got fired from their... Uh, they were a freelancer. They w- it wasn't full-time, but they never wrote for that newspaper again. Uh, and then they wrote a long article, I think in the New York Times, about the whole story of them getting fired, not blaming me. And I reached out to this lady who got fired uh, to apologize because I said, I never would have corrected your story had I known... It would lead to anything bad, obviously. And she was super nice. And she said, like, everything's for the best. Don't worry about it. And now I write for the New York Times. And, but I did uh, inadvertently get her fired. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's not too bad.
1: Uh, no. And it was inadvertent. I, felt bad. I mean, she's like, a person with a husband and a family. And I'm sitting there on Twitter correcting her and getting her fired. Like, I did feel really bad.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, don't get me
1: fired, Akiva. Uh, I will try not to. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Well, I'm right. in charge of HR, so I, I think I have yes, that. I think you're the head of HR at Post Show Recaps. That's so,
0: right. all right, Akiva. Anyway, uh, great job this week talking about uh, The Virgin. Very fun episode. Uh, what do you think of for a hashtag? What do you think of uh, Jester Americans?
1: Jester Americans is very good. Good very job, good. Amir.
0: Very good, Amir. All right. So uh, next week, what are we doing? Uh,
1: the contest. Oh, a little, a little nothing episode. Yeah, just another. Maybe we should skip it. Go to the next one. Maybe we should
0: just skip it. Maybe we should skip it. All right. So very excited to talk about the contest next time on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Get your questions in at Seinfeld at PostShowRecaps.com. Uh, follow Kev on Twitter. He's at Keeve 26 That's K-E-E-V 26. I'm at Rob Cisternino. Uh, looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys have to say in the comments as well on PostShowRecaps.com. Uh, thanks to Mike Moore, who writes a fantastic recap of every one of these episodes, and Scott St. Pierre, uh, for not dating any of our friends at post show recaps and also for editing uh, these extra long Seinfeld podcasts. All right, Akiva? Uh, sounds good. All right, take care, everybody. Bye.